Uh, I want to make sure that I uh, start off by, uh, by thanking God. And the reason why I want to do that is because I remember uh, where I was. Uh, I remember who I was before I became a Christian. And I can tell you, I got saved as a junior in high school. And I've never, never been the same since. So I want to, first of all, I want to give God uh, the praise for the opportunity to uh, be with uh, you today. Uh, secondly, I want to, I want to thank uh, Pastor Huffman and his staff. Um, when, when he contacted me some time ago to pray about my availability, um, I'm glad it all worked out. And his daughter, the department that she works in at Liberty, uh, she's a blessing, and I know that your loss was our gain. Just get it right out there. And, uh, of course, her husband, Chris, he's our, uh, he's our head manager of equipment and does a great job. So, uh, um, and then, then the wedding yesterday. Uh, the wedding yesterday was, was a blessing. Uh, it was a great time. It was uh, one of the things that I remember about the wedding is where the parents came in prayer, you know, with their children and the, the whole service. My good brother here, and just just a just a great uh, uh, just a great service. And then uh, this morning I walked in and and I I got a chance to meet the three D's in the back. And uh, of course, the first thing that I told them. Oh, by the way, the first D was. Was 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 Dion, and he wanted to tell me he was Dion Sanders, and I and I mentioned it was that the guy that played baseball, and uh, and then uh, then there was Brother Dan, and then um, let me see, was it Dawson? Is it Dawson? Yeah, big D, the three big D's, and so I walk in and tell him, looking like Jesus, that there's an automobile in the parking lot that's that's on fire. And Dion, I mean, he, you know, you could tell he was going for the fire extinguisher. Dan, he, 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 he was moving, but he really wasn't moving. As, he was moving cautiously. Now, of course, Dan's got reason to move cautiously because I told him when I was texting him some of the information that I had just uh, bought a toupee. And I didn't tell him it was a, a Soul Brothers low level weave. I didn't tell him that, but, but I did tell him that my, my wife was happy with it. <laughs> he responded back and said, I'm glad your wife is happy with that toupee that you have. But then when I got here, I said, Dan, you ain't going to believe what happened to that toupee, man. You ain't going to believe it. So, so that was the first impression that they had of me. So you could see why Dan was kind of reluctant to move when I said there was an automobile on fire and then Dawson, he, he didn't know which way to go. But I got to give it to Dion. Dion. And see, I knew right away that he was a Redskins fan. <laughs> see, see I, I knew right away he was a Redskins fan. And how I know is when I told him I was a Patriots fan, he tried to wrap this thing around my neck and, and squeeze it. <laughs> but anyway, he <laughs> said... It, it, it is indeed a privilege to, uh, to be here today and, and just a warm welcome and, and praise team tremendous. 
Uh, it, it is a, uh, a joy uh, to be able to communicate his word today. And uh, my message this morning has been titled, Receiving the Unexpected Blessing. Receiving the Unexpected Blessing. If you have access to a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 3, and I like to read verses 1 through 10. I think Brother Dan has that on the screen for you, but, but again, uh, there are some observations that we're going to make from this passage that my prayer is that, that God will use it to encourage you, to challenge you, to motivate you, to encourage each of us to be the men and women and the young people that God wants us to be. Notice in Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Receiving the unexpected blessing. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the privilege that you give to us. Thank you for the way that we have been able to worship Thank you for the way that we have been able to participate in communion. Lord, thank you for the way that music prepares our hearts for the word. And I pray that the Spirit of God will take the word of God, that I will allow myself to be disciplined in my heart and my mind and my tongue, that I will communicate those things that will bring honor and glory to you. Thank you for everybody who has had a part in the service. I pray, God, that you'll use it to bring glory to Christ. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Receiving the unexpected blessing. You know, I remember I worked with my wife's dad as an associate pastor for 12 years in, in, in Massachusetts. And... Uh, and I remember that on this one particular occasion, we were, we were taking our seniors, 
our, our senior adults, uh, we did this on a monthly basis, and we would go and visit some of the shut-ins. You know, some of the folks who uh, could not be in church on a regular basis. And I remember going to this one particular home. Uh, it was my, my Uncle John. He was confined to a wheelchair, and so uh, we brought one of the church bulletins. Uh, uh, we, he liked hymns, so we brought a few hymnals, and we had some chorus uh, books with us. And so our purpose in going to see Uncle John and the rest of those folks who were uh, shut-ins was to be a blessing to them to let them know what God was doing through our church, to, to share a testimony, to, to be an encouragement to them, to, to lift them up and to let them know that they had not been forgotten. And so we did that. And as we were getting back on the van to go to the next visit, one of the folks said, you know what? We came to be a blessing to Uncle John today. But you know what? He blessed us. And it's amazing when you, when you take the focus off yourself and you take the love of Christ and you share it with others, God has a way of, of not only blessing those that you're ministering to, but God has a way of blessing you while you're ministering to them. And that's exactly what happened. And here in this story, we're going to see a gentleman that was expecting to get something that was temporal. But in turn, he was given something that was eternal. And what he expected to get was not the thing that he received. And as a result of receiving what he received, he was no longer the same. And so there are four observations that we make from this passage of scripture that I would like to share with you this morning. The first observation is the people heading in the right direction. I want us to notice the people who were heading in the right direction. Notice in verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And so one of the things that I like about the word of God the word of God has a way of giving us information that we can use to grow from, that we can use to uh, be encouraged by. And so there are a number of things that we notice here in verse 1. First of all, we notice who was heading in the, in the right direction. And the Bible tells us it was Peter and John. Not only does it tell us who was heading in the right direction, but it tells us where they were heading. They were going to the temple. Uh, this was a place of worship. Uh, this was a place of fellowship. This was a place where God's people came together to be unified in those things that have eternal significance. And then also it tells us in verse 1 why they were heading to the temple. They were heading to the temple to pray. And one of the things that I've noticed about life is that when you put yourself in the right place with the right people doing the right thing, the chances of something good happening are far greater 
than being with the wrong people doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. In fact, I remember I got saved in, uh, some of you remember in, in, in the early 70s where uh, the Black Panther movement was pretty strong and, and uh, we'd had some, uh, some fellow, white fellows who kind of came into the neighborhood and fired into the crowd and, and this one fellow, Lester Lima, should be got killed. And uh, that uh, set off all kind of racial tension. They burned the buildings. They, uh, uh, they looted. Uh, but I want to tell you that there, was, there were two fellas, Russell and John. I didn't know what they had. I wanted what they had. Didn't know how to get what they had. Of course, what they had, they had Jesus. And so they began to tell us about Jesus. I mean, I saw something in their lives that aroused my curiosity. I saw something in their lives that they had that, that I wanted, didn't know how to get it. And of course, they had Jesus. And so they began to tell us about Jesus. And folks, I want to tell you, as a junior in high school responding to the gospel, I can tell you that I've never been the same since. And so as a result of getting saved, my background was Roman Catholic, and so as a result of getting saved, uh, we ended up going to this uh, little storefront church. And um, one of the guys that was attending that Bible study on that particular night, uh, he was a police officer. He heard that I wanted to study the Bible. That I wanted to learn the Bible. I wanted to learn God's word. And to make a long story short, I... I, I couldn't figure out why some of my friends were getting scholarships and I wasn't getting scholarships. I thought I was just as good as they were and so again, I ended up getting a scholarship to a, to a junior college in Rhode Island. But God was placing a desire in my heart to study the Bible. And so when he heard that, he said, hey, there's a Bible school in Rhode Island. Would you mind going to check it out? And so I go to this Bible school, 25 students, no gym class. My family thought I was crazy. But see, God was placing a desire to study the Bible. Man, my family thought I was nuts. Going to go to a Bible school, don't even have a basketball team, don't even have a gym class. God was moving. And I'm so glad that that night when I went to that prayer meeting, my friend Jack Wright was paying attention to what the Spirit of God was telling him. And my point is, is that when you're, when you're at the right place, you're doing the right thing, there's a real good chance that right things are going to happen. And so that's why it's so important that that you and I put ourselves in a position and in a place where God can bless us. I remember one time we were living in Baltimore and man, I love Brian's ice cream. Man, I just love Brian's ice cream. And, and man, it's been a while since I had Brian's ice cream. And so, so man, I'm going down and I see the sign that said Brian's ice cream. Man, I pull in. Man, I go in the door. It's a liquor store. <laughs> and man, as soon as I put my foot in the door, the Holy Spirit said, you want your testimony, you want bride's ice cream. You know what I did? 
Uh, you forget Brian's ice cream. And folks, no matter where you live, where you work, where you serve, that we be living like God wants us to live because we never know when God is going to want to use you and I to be an encouragement to somebody. You never know when God wants to use you and I to, to share the gospel with somebody. And that's why it's so important that we're living like God wants us to live. That we're living like godly men and godly women so that when the opportunity presents itself, we can be the man, we can be the woman that God wants us to be. I'll never forget, I was at a, Talk about Dr. Tony Evans. I was at a conference. He was the keynote speaker. By the way, too, you probably know about the lady who's going to be speaking at that conference. That's his daughter. But anyway, so, so, so he was speaking on Matthew 5 about your light shining. Man, I realized right away, I realized right away the key is wherever you're at, make sure your light's on high beam. And see, sometimes God will put you someplace where he needs some light. Maybe he, gave, maybe he moved your job or, or maybe he brought a person your way and he wants you to, to shine the light on him, to shine the light on her by the way you live, by the way you act, by the way you talk. I think of old Joseph there in, in, in the prison with the butler and the baker and man, them, them fellas had an experience. They didn't know what was going on and then there was Joseph. Joseph was able to tell him what was happening. And that's how we're supposed to live. That's why it's so important for me and for you to live like God wants us to live. I'll never forget one time, man, I, I was getting some gas and this one brother, he come, he, he was kind of moving kind of fast. <laughs> he, he was coming out of this uh, gas station, but he had a whole keg of beer in his hand. And he saw me, so he kind of, he took off for his automobile. You know what I did? And I know he saw me because he was moving. I knock on his window. I say, hey, brother, I'm not here to jump on you, man. But you and I go to the same church. You and I go to the same church. And you see, what the enemy tries to do, he tries to knock us out. He tries to get us out of position. Oh, I got to say this. You know, yesterday, y'all know the Patriots won, right? Y'all, I mean, y'all, I, I, I hadn't planned on, I hadn't planned on sharing it, but, but I think it makes, it makes a good point. Old Brady did the what? He did that? And that fell off for, who, who they played? Was it uh, Arizona? Kansas City. Old Brady did the what? He did the old pump fake. And what did that guy do? He bit. And what happened? Six points. Yeah, I, I can tell. I'm. I can tell. I'm. I'm not in the crowd where the Patriots are welcome. Let, let's let low. That's. I'm just. I'm just using it as an illustration. That's all. That's all I'm doing. Dion, you okay back there? Dion, starting to shut my mic off. If I talk bad about Washington, but my point is what the devil trying to get us out of position. You see, once he gets us out of position then we can't say we can't be who God wants us to be. That's why I said something to that fella 
because he was putting himself out of position. And when you get out of position, you can't be the light that God wants you and I to be. And I don't know about you folks, I want to be light no matter where I'm at, no matter who I'm with. I want to be light for God. There's too much at stake. Man, how to get off on all that? We were talking about the guy heading in the right direction. Oh, that's okay. Let, let's, let's go to the second observation. Lord have mercy. <laughs> the second thing I want us to see is the person they met while heading in the right direction. The person they met. Notice in verse 2. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask arms from those who entered the temple. Not only do we see the people, we see the person they met. This person had a problem. It tells us how they got there. It tells us how often he was brought there. It tells us where he was brought. It tells us what he was doing while he was there. And you see, folks, why it's so important that you and I are living right for God is we never know when God's going to bring somebody our way. Everybody's got a story. I grew up in a home. My daddy got drunk since I was a little kid all the way to college. In fact, my daughter who's married lives in child. Oh, by the way, my daughter, bless her heart, she's a beautiful girl. You go to Motif. You like pillows? Motif Pillows. M-O-T-I-F pillows. Man, boy, poor kid. What was I talking about? Huh? Someone, help me. Huh? Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, come on, come on. My dad. Oh, yeah, there we go. Dad, I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about. My uh, wife's uh, husband, back then boyfriend, come up to ask me to marry my daughter. I was out in the backyard working. I said, I got two questions for you. I said, first question is, they're going to be alcohol at that wedding. If he told me that there was going to be alcohol at that wedding, he wasn't getting my daughter. And I said as a dad, there's one thing that my kids will never ever have to say. Or there's one thing that, that my kids will never have to wonder or our kids will never have to say it must be okay because daddy drank. I want nothing to do with it. I don't want nothing to do with it. That's me.
that I'm going to be living in such a way that my kids won't be able to point a finger at me and say, well, if daddy did it, it must be okay. That's why we got to be living right for God because we never know when God's going to send somebody our way. We never know when God's going to allow us to, to meet somebody. And when I meet somebody, the first thing I want to find out, I want to find out if they're saved. If they're not saved, I want to give them the gospel. I want to tell them how God loved them, how Jesus died on the cross. How Jesus was buried and he rolled from the grave to give them new life. Let me ask you a question. Are you living right? Are you letting your light shine so that God can be glorified, that others can be ministered to? There's people around us that have problems. There's people around us who have problems. And sometimes those problems that these people have that are around us is found in the person of Christ. That day when Russell and John told me how God loved me, how Jesus died on the cross for me, I can remember Butchie, Jimmy, Poopy, all those guys were, we just got done playing basketball and they were sitting on the wall, we were drinking soda pop and, and them guys looking at John and Russell like, like something was wrong with them. But at that point in my life, I was honest, I was open. And I can tell you folks that what I saw in John Russell's life aroused my curiosity. And then two weeks later, man, I went down to, to, to John's house and John opened up the Bible and he shared with me how God loved me. Jesus died for me on the cross. And if I were to accept what Christ did for me, that he would do something for me that I couldn't do for myself. And folks, I want to tell you that day, I was 17 years old. I'm 62 years old now. I'm going to tell you right now, I have never, 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 never got over it. The third observation, and this is found in verse 6, the prescription given to the person. Not only do we see the people, the person they met, but we see in verse 6 the prescription. Notice what the prescription was. I just talked about it. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You know what's amazing about this, this, this particular verse is that this guy was expecting to get a handout. He was expecting to get something that was what? Physical. He was expecting to get something that was temporal. But you know what Peter gave him? Something that was what? Eternal. I remember, oh, by the way, this guy was no dummy. He put himself at the right spot. I mean, if, if, if anybody ought to be giving people, it should be God's people. So he put himself at the right spot. Kind of reminds me of a kid I, when I was a little boy. So, uh, again, um, 
five brothers, five sisters, and sometimes the older brothers hogged all the food. Um, but my mother did say I was the most well-behaved out of all of them. But, but I did hear her tell one of my other brothers that too. But anyway, so, but anyways, uh, so uh, about two, two houses from where I live, there was a first floor uh, apartment complex and there was a second floor. So what I would do is I would, it was one of those apartments that had uh, all one big room, every, everything was all in one room, kitchen. So anyway, so I'd show up around supper time, table set. So what are they going to say? Would you like something to eat? Right? Talk about timing. Oh, man. So that was on the first floor. Then I would go to second floor. Same house. Oh, it was good. Same house. Man, same setup. <laughs> Would you like something to eat? Oh, about a month, month after I was making this move almost once or twice a week. They put two and two together. <laughs> they said, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey I, don't mind, I don't mind you coming over to visit. But we got to change the time. <laughs> you know, five brothers, five sisters. I'm looking like I, had, I hadn't eaten in a month. You know, I, that, that, that looked like, man, I'm hungry. They, they, they don't give me nothing. And, and, and my point is that this fellow, he put himself at the right place. And see, sometimes God allows us to come in contact with people and they're looking for something. But what they're looking for is really not what they need. You see, see, there there are some issues in life that only Jesus can fix. You know, I thought my problem was my parents. I thought my problem was my teachers. I thought my problem was my coaches. I thought my problem was, you know, my brother. I I thought my problem was everybody else's problem. Till one day, Russell and John told me that I had a problem that only God, through Jesus, could solve. And folks, I remember that day in, in, in John's house realizing that God loved me. Jesus died on the cross for me. And if I were to accept what Christ did for me, he would do something for me that I couldn't do for myself. Save me. And then lastly, notice the praise report. We see the people, we see the person, we see the prescription. Notice the praise report. So he, leaping up, by the way, hey, Dan, great job on the PowerPoint. Excellent, my man, I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm impressed with those Converse All-Stars that you had on today. You know, when I was in high school, with all the, well, when I was in high school, we, you know, I couldn't, we, couldn't, we couldn't afford Converse. Now, we got Converse when we played basketball for the, for the school, but they give us, my father would tell the people at the, at the uh, where they sell the sneakers, Give them PF flyers. You know, Converse was the top. You all my age know what I'm talking about. Converse was the top of the line back then. And you only got Converse. I don't know how I slipped. But I was impressed with those Converse, those Converse sneakers then. But, but beside that, great job with the power. That's, that's big D. That's one of the Ds. You got Dion, you got Dan, and then you got uh, my man Dawson. You got the three Ds. Whew. I believe my head's going to start growing back now. 
But notice the praise report. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping, praising God. Here's my question for you today. Are you paying attention to the needs of those around you? Maybe sometimes it's a, it's a family member. Sometimes it's a, it's a son. Sometimes it's a daughter. Sometimes it's a brother. Sometimes it's a grandparent. And you see, sometimes God lets us see things. Sometimes God lets us hear things. Sometimes God lets us experience things with purpose. Are you paying attention to the needs of those around you? You see, because there are some needs that only Jesus can meet. I remember a lady I went to visit. She was in a psychiatric ward, and they looked at me like I was a... My elevator got caught in between floors, and, but I wasn't about to take the back seat. I knew why she was there. She was there because she violated some principles in God's word. Man, I pulled out the Bible, began to talk about life from God's perspective. Man, in a matter of minutes, her whole personality changed. Her whole demeanor changed. You see, because when you're not living like God wants you to live, it has a way of affecting you. It has a way of affecting others. And so there were some needs that only God can meet. Let me, let me ask you this last question. Are you trying to meet some of these needs with the world's uh, solutions? You know what happens when you try to meet real needs with the world's solutions? You set yourself up for failure. You see, when you try to use those things that are in the world to to give significance and security. All you're doing is you're setting yourself up for failure. There's only one person that can give you the security and the stability to be able to respond to everyday life, and it's Jesus. There's nobody like Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're trying to meet that need with things that only set you up for failure, friend, today, maybe God's allowed you to be here today so that you can hear that God loves you, that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he was buried, that he rose again for you. And Jesus can do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe there's an area in your life that you find yourself not being honest about. Maybe there's an area in your life that you find yourself faking people out. Proverbs 27, 19 says what? As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart, so a person's heart reveals the person. And the point is, who I am show up. If I'm doing something that's wrong, trust me, it'll show up. 
And maybe God's allowing this thing to surface so that you can get help. So that you can allow God to change that specific area in your life to help you become the man, the woman that God wants you to be. Remember I started off the service by telling you I want to thank God because I remember who I was and where I was. And I got to tell you, folks, my, my view of God was distorted. My view of myself was distorted. My view of others was distorted. But that day when I asked Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior, he began to do something in me. He began to use the Word of God, the things of God to help me become the man that God is helping me to become today. It's every day. There's no day off for the Christian. And so maybe the Spirit of God, maybe, the, maybe God's trying to speak to you through a, a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter. Maybe God's trying to speak to you through another person. Let God do what he wants to do. Because if you let God do what he wants to do, God will do something for you that you can't do for yourself. This person got something that he didn't expect. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the praise team to come. With heads bowed and eyes closed. I appreciate your attentiveness, your attentiveness to the words. Folks, I've tried to be as honest with you as I can. I told you from the get-go. I remember who I was. I remember where I was. I told you that my, my view of God, my view of myself, and my view of others was distorted. but I responded to the gospel and then God began to change my life. God began to change the way I viewed him. God began to change the way I viewed myself. God began to change the way I viewed others. Maybe you're here today and the spirit of God is talking to you with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, just by a lifted hand, Ed, would you pray for me? With heads bowed and eyes closed, just by a lifted hand, you're saying, Ed, pray for me. The Spirit of God spoke to me today. Pray for me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, anybody? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you live in a double life. Maybe... Maybe there's an area in your life that's out of balance. Maybe you're not, you're not the man or the woman or the young person that you know God wants you to be in. And maybe you're going down a track that is not good. The devil is setting you up for failure. You say, Ed, God spoke to me today. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, honestly. Thank you. Young person, are you listening to your mom and dad? If you're a young person here today and you're not listening to your mom and dad, I'm telling you, you're setting yourself up for failure. 
you have no idea what it is to be a mom and a dad. Someday you will. But my encouragement to you right now, young person, listen to your mom and dad. They want God's best for you. Maybe you're here today, you're a young person and God has spoken to you. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Father, right now we say thank you for Jesus. Lord, thank you for that day when Russell and John told me about Christ. I was going down the wrong direction, wrong path. My life was a mess. Didn't respect my parents. Was getting in trouble. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. After I got saved, my mom and my dad became my greatest supporters. Lord, today may the Spirit of God. Oh God, may the Spirit of God have His way in each life. Whoever they are, who raised their hand, who didn't raise their hand, God help them to know that you've got a plan for them. And your plan is good. God help them to know the devil's got a game plan and it's bad. Oh God, today, may your will be fulfilled in each life. Encourage those who need to talk to somebody. Encourage those who need to go to the prayer room and talk to somebody. Oh God, thank you. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you.